it was God's plan. This is the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, and I'm coming to you from Riverside, California, podcasting since 2004. I'm your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is the daily podcast where we're reading through the entire Bible in a year. If you have a prayer request or praise that you would like to share with the LifeSpring family, you can do that at prayer.lifespringmedia.com. Today, we're going to read Genesis 44 through 47, and I'm calling the episode Reconciled. Let's get right to it. Genesis 44. Then Joseph gave a command to his servant. He said, Fill the men's sack with as much grain as they can carry. Then put each man's money into his sack with the grain. Put the youngest brother's money in his sack too, but also put my special silver cup in his sack. So the servant obeyed Joseph. Early the next morning, the brothers and their donkeys were sent back to their country. After they had left the city, Joseph said to his servant, Go and follow the men. Stop them and say to them, We were good to you, so why have you been bad to us? Why did you steal my master's silver cup? My master drinks from that cup, and he uses it to learn secret things. What you did was wrong. So the servant obeyed. He rode out to the brothers and stopped them. The servant said to them what Joseph had told him to say. But the brothers said to the servant, Why does the governor say these things? We wouldn't do anything like that. We brought back the money that we found in our sacks before, so surely we wouldn't steal silver or gold from your master's house. If you find the silver cup in any of our sacks, let that man die. You can kill him, and we will be your slaves. The servant said, I agree, except that only the man who is found to have the cup will be my slave. The others will be free. Then every brother quickly opened his sack on the ground. The servant started looking in the sacks. He started with the oldest brother and ended with the youngest. He found the cup in Benjamin's sack. The brothers were very sad. They tore their clothes to show their sadness. They put their sacks back on the donkeys and went back to the city. When Judah and his brothers went back to Joseph's house, Joseph was still there. The brothers fell to the ground and bowed down before him. Joseph said to them, Why have you done this? Didn't you know that I have a special way of learning secrets? No one is better at this than I am. Judah said, Sir, there is nothing we can say. There is no way to explain. There is no way to show that we are not guilty. God has judged us guilty for something else we have done. So all of us, even Benjamin, will be your slaves. But Joseph said, I will not make you all slaves. Only the man who stole the cup will be my slave. You others can go in peace to your father. Then Judah went to Joseph and said, Sir, please let me speak plainly with you. Please don't be angry with me. I know that you are like Pharaoh himself. When we were here before, you asked us, Do you have a father or a brother? And we answered you, We have a father. He is an old man. And we have a younger brother. Our father loves him because he was born while our father was old. This youngest son's brother is dead, so he is the only son who is left from that mother. Our father loves him very much. Then you said to us, Bring that brother to me. I want to see him. And we said to you, That young boy cannot come. He cannot leave his father. If his father loses him, his father will be so sad that he will die. But you said to us, You must bring your youngest brother, or I will not sell you grain again. So we went back to our father and told him what you said. Later our father said, Go back and buy us some more food. 
We said to our father, We cannot go without our youngest brother. The governor said he will not sell us grain again until he sees our youngest brother. Then my father said to us, You know that my wife Rachel gave me two sons. I let one son go away, and he was killed by a wild animal, and I haven't seen him since. If you take my other son away from me, and something happens to him, I will be sad enough to die. Now imagine what will happen when we go home without our youngest brother. He is the most important thing in our father's life. Our father will die if he sees that the boy isn't with us, and it will be our fault. We will send our father to his grave a very sad man. I took responsibility for the young boy. I told my father, if I don't bring him back to you, you can blame me for the rest of my life. So now I beg you, please let the boy go back with his brothers, and I will stay and be your slave. I cannot go back to my father if the boy is not with me. I'm very afraid of what would happen to my father. Genesis chapter 45 Since Joseph could no longer control his feelings in front of his servants, he sent them out of the room. When he was alone with his brothers, he told them, I am Joseph. Then he cried so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and told about it in the king's palace. Joseph asked his brothers if his father was still alive, but they were too frightened to answer. Joseph told them to come closer to him, and when they did, he said, Yes, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. Don't worry or blame yourselves for what you did. God is the one who sent me ahead of you to save lives. There has already been a famine for two years, and for five more years no one will plow fields or harvest grain. But God sent me on ahead of you to keep your families alive and to save you in this wonderful way. After all, you weren't really the ones who sent me here. It was God. He made me the highest official in the king's court and placed me over all Egypt. Now hurry back and tell my father that his son Joseph says, God has made me ruler of Egypt. Come here as quickly as you can. You will live near me in the region of Goshen with your children and grandchildren, as well as with your sheep, goats, cattle, and everything else you own. I will take care of you there during the next five years of famine. But if you don't come, you and your family and your animals will starve to death. All of you, including my brother Benjamin, can tell by what I have said that I really am Joseph. Tell my father about my great power here in Egypt and about everything you have seen. Hurry and bring him here. Joseph and Benjamin hugged each other and started crying. Joseph was still crying as he kissed each of his other brothers. After this, they started talking with Joseph. When it was told in the palace that Joseph's brothers had come, the king and his officials were happy. So the king said to Joseph, Tell your brothers to load their donkeys and return to Canaan. Have them bring their father and their families here. I will give them the best land in Egypt, and they can eat and enjoy everything that grows on it. Also, tell your brothers to take some wagons from Egypt for their wives and children to ride in. And be sure to have them bring their father. They can leave their possessions behind because they will be given the best of everything in Egypt. Jacob's sons agreed to do what the king had said. And Joseph gave them wagons and food for their trip home, just as the king had ordered. Joseph gave some new clothes to each of his brothers, but to Benjamin he gave five new outfits and three hundred pieces of silver. To his father he sent ten donkeys loaded with the best things in Egypt, and ten other donkeys loaded with grain and bread and other food for the return trip. Then he sent his brothers off and told them, Don't argue on the way home. Joseph's brothers left Egypt, and when they arrived in Canaan, they told their father that Joseph was still alive and was the ruler of Egypt. 
But their father was so surprised that he could not believe them. Then they told him everything Joseph had said. When he saw the wagons Joseph had sent, he felt much better and said, Now I can believe you. My son Joseph must really be alive, and I will get to see him before I die. Genesis chapter 46 Jacob packed everything he owned and left for Egypt. On the way, he stopped near the town of Beersheba and offered sacrifices to the god his father Isaac had worshipped. That night, God spoke to him and said, Jacob, Jacob. Here I am, Jacob answered. God said, I am God, the same God your father worshipped. Don't be afraid to go to Egypt. I will give you so many descendants that one day they will become a nation. I will go with you to Egypt, and later I will bring your descendants back here. Your son Joseph will be at your side when you die. Jacob and his family set out from Beersheba and headed for Egypt. His sons put him in the wagon that the king had sent for him, and they put their small children and their wives in the other wagons. Jacob's whole family went to Egypt, including his sons, his grandsons, his daughters, and his granddaughters. They took along their animals and everything else they owned. When Jacob went to Egypt, his children, who were born in northern Syria, also went along with their families. Jacob and his wife Leah had a total of 33 children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren, but two of their grandchildren had died in Canaan. Their oldest son Reuben took his sons Hanok, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi. Their son Simeon took his sons Jemuel, Jamin, Ohad, Jachin, Zohar, and Shal, whose mother was a Canaanite. Their son Levi took his sons Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. Their son Judah took his sons Shelah, Perez, and Zerah. Judah's sons Ur and Onan had died in Canaan. Judah's son Perez took his sons Hezron and Hamel. Their son Issachar took his sons Tola, Puva, Jashub, and Shimron. Their son Zebulun took his sons Sirid, Elan, and Jaliel. Their daughter Dinah also went. Jacob and Zilpah, the servant woman Laban had given his daughter Leah, had a total of sixteen children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. Their son Gad took his sons Ziphion, Hagi, Shunai, Esbon, Eri, Eridai, and Arelai. Their son Asher took his sons Imna, Ishva, Ishvi, and Bariah, who took his sons Heber and Malchiel. Sira, the daughter of Asher, also went. Jacob and Rachel had fourteen children and grandchildren. Their son Joseph was already in Egypt, where he had married Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, the priest of Heliopolis. Joseph and Asenath had two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. Jacob and Rachel's son Benjamin took his sons Bela, Beker, Ashbel, Gira, Naaman, Ehi, Rosh, Muppam, Huppam, and Ard. Jacob and Bilhah, the servant woman Laban had given his daughter Rachel, had seven children and grandchildren. Their son Dan took his son Husham. Their son Naphtali took his sons Jaziel, Gunai, Jezer, and Shillam. Sixty-six members of Jacob's family went to Egypt with him not counting his daughters-in-law. Jacob's two grandsons who were born there made it a total of 70 members of Jacob's family in Egypt. Jacob had sent his son Judah ahead of him to ask Joseph to meet them in Goshen. So Joseph got in his chariot and went to meet his father. When they met, Joseph hugged his father around the neck and cried for a long time. Jacob said to Joseph, Now that I've seen you and I know you are still alive, I am ready to die. 
Then Joseph said to his brothers and to everyone who had come with them, I must go and tell the king that you have arrived from Canaan. I will tell him that you are shepherds and that you have brought your sheep, goats, cattle, and everything else you own. The king will call you in and ask what you do for a living. When he does, be sure to say, We are shepherds. Our families have always raised sheep. If you tell him this, he will let you settle in the region of Goshen. Joseph wanted them to say this to the king because the Egyptians did not like to be around anyone who raised sheep. Genesis chapter 47 Then Joseph went and told Pharaoh and said, My father and my brothers, their flocks and their herds and all that they possess, have come from the land of Canaan, and indeed they are in the land of Goshen. And he took five men from among his brothers and presented them to Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to his brothers, What is your occupation? And they said to Pharaoh, Your servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. And they said to Pharaoh, We have come to dwell in the land, because your servants have no pasture for their flocks, for the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. Now therefore, please let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. Then Pharaoh spoke to Joseph, saying, Your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Have your father and brothers dwell in the best of the land. Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. And if you know any competent men among them, then make them chief herdsmen over my livestock. Then Joseph brought his father Jacob and set him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Jacob, How old are you? And Jacob said to Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are one hundred and thirty years. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life, and they have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. So Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from before Pharaoh. And Joseph situated his father and his brothers and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramesses, as Pharaoh had commanded. Then Joseph provided his father, his brothers, and all his father's household with bread, according to the number in their families. Now there was no bread in all the land, for the famine was very severe, so that the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan languished because of the famine. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the grain which they bought. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. So when the money failed in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, Give us bread, for why should we die in your presence? For the money has failed. Then Joseph said, Give your livestock, and I will give you bread for your livestock, if the money is gone. So they brought their livestock to Joseph, and Joseph gave them bread in exchange for the horses, the flocks, the cattle of the herds, and for the donkeys. Thus he fed them with bread in exchange for all their livestock that year. When that year had ended, they came to him the next year and said to him, We will not hide from my Lord that our money is gone. My Lord also has our herds of livestock. There is nothing left in the sight of my Lord but our bodies and our lands. Why should we die before your eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for bread, and we and our land will be servants of Pharaoh. Give us seed that we may live and not die, that the land may not be desolate. Then Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. For every man of the Egyptians sold his field, because the famine was severe upon them. So the land became Pharaoh's. And as for the people, 
he moved them into the cities, from one end of the borders of Egypt to the other end. Only the land of the priests he did not buy, for the priests had rations allotted to them by Pharaoh, and they ate their rations which Pharaoh gave them. Therefore, they did not sell their lands. Then Joseph said to the people, Indeed, I have bought you and your land this day for Pharaoh. Look, here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land. And it shall come to pass in the harvest that you shall give one-fifth to Pharaoh. Four-fifths shall be your own, as seed for the field and for your food, for those of your households, and as food for your little ones. So they said, You have saved our lives. Let us find favor in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. And Joseph made a law over the land of Egypt to this day, that Pharaoh should have one-fifth, except for the land of the priests only, which did not become Pharaoh's. So Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the country of Goshen. And they had possessions there, and grew and multiplied exceedingly. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt seventeen years. So the length of Jacob's life was one hundred and forty-seven years. When the time drew near that Israel must die, he called his son Joseph and said to him, Now if I have found favor in your sight, please put your hand under my thigh, and deal kindly and truly with me. Please do not bury me in Egypt, but let me lie with my fathers. You shall carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burial place. And he said, I will do as you have said. Then he said, Swear to me. And he swore to him. So Israel bowed himself on the head of the bed. Let's quickly recap what has happened so far in Joseph's life, shall we? In relation to his older brothers. He was the eleventh son of Jacob, but the first son through Rachel, Jacob's favorite wife. And Joseph was clearly Jacob's favorite son because he was born when Jacob was old. And, of course, Jacob made no attempt to hide his favoritism toward Joseph, and this caused his brothers to hate him. To make matters worse, when he was a teenager, Joseph had dreams in which the family would bow down to him, and he told them about the dreams. And his brothers hated him so much that they sold him into slavery, but they told Jacob that he had been killed by wild animals. And then, through a series of events that saw Joseph become the supervisor of an Egyptian official's household, then falsely accused of rape by this same official's wife, thrown into prison, and then elevated to the Pharaoh's second-in-command because of his God-given ability to interpret Pharaoh's dreams and devise a plan for Egypt to survive and even prosper through a coming seven-year drought, Joseph's brothers find themselves bowing down before him, asking to buy food because the drought had caused a famine that spread beyond Egypt even into Canaan. And Jacob remembered the dreams he had as a boy when he saw them bow down to him. Well, Joseph's brothers didn't recognize him, though he recognized them. This is where the story gets even more interesting. Joseph lets his brothers continue to think that he's an Egyptian, and he accused them of being spies. And back in Genesis 41:38, Pharaoh said, I don't think we can find anyone better than Joseph to take this job. God's Spirit is in him, making him very wise. Well, even though Pharaoh was not a believer in the true God, he was correct in his assessment. The Holy Spirit was in Joseph, and it was the Holy Spirit who led Joseph in his dealings with his brothers when they came to Egypt to buy food. 
The things that have happened between Joseph and his brothers from the time they first appeared before him in Egypt right to where we are here in chapter 44 today have been to bring God's plan for this family to fruition. Joseph misled his brothers not to be spiteful or vengeful, but because God was using him to bring them to a place of correction and restoration. The brothers had to face what they had done to Joseph and their father. Back when his brothers threw Joseph into the pit, he cried out to them, pleading for their help. And as commentator Donald Barnhouse said, a physicist could compute the exact time required for his cries to go 25 yards to the eardrums of the brothers. But it took 22 years for that cry to go from the eardrums to their hearts. And here in chapter 44, it looks as if the brothers have finally come to repentance. Remember, the brothers still don't know that this apparently Egyptian ruler is their brother whom they sold into slavery. So after the silver cup that Joseph had planted in Benjamin's sack was discovered by Joseph's servant, and it appears that Benjamin will become Joseph's slave, all the brothers plead with him to let them stay with Benjamin as slaves instead of returning home without him. But Judah, one of the brothers, makes an impassioned plea to Joseph from verse 18 of chapter 44 to the end of the chapter at verse 34. Of this speech, F.B. Meyer wrote, In all literature there is nothing more pathetic than this appeal. And H.C. Leupold wrote, This is one of the manliest, most straightforward speeches ever delivered by any man. For depth of feeling and sincerity of purpose, it stands unexcelled. Donald Barnhouse called it the most moving address in all the Word of God. Well, this desperate plea broke Joseph's heart. In chapter 45, he made all the Egyptians who were in the room with he and his brothers leave because he was overcome with emotion after Judah's plea to him. Once the Egyptians were out of the room, Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers. At first, they were terrified by the realization, but he told them not to worry or blame themselves because it was God's plan, because God used him to save the lives of people who would have starved from the famine, including their own family. Well, after Joseph's revelation to his brothers, he sent back to Canaan to get their father and the entire family to bring them to Egypt so that he could take care of them because the famine was not yet over. And when Jacob heard that Joseph, his most beloved son, was still alive, he was overjoyed, and he said, Now I can die a happy man. Beloved, listen, all the things that happened to Joseph were for a reason. The hatred of his brothers, being sold into slavery, imprisonment for a rape he did not commit. God used it all to preserve the family line from which the Messiah would come. God is sovereign. No matter the decisions or actions of man, God's plan will always come to completion. Yes, man has free will. He can choose to obey God or he can choose to disobey God, but God will have his way. On this, Spurgeon wrote, How wonderfully those two things meet in practical harmony, the free will of man and the predestination of God. Man acts just as freely and just as guiltily as if there were no predestination whatever. And God ordains, arranges, supervises, and overrules just as accurately as if there were no free will in the universe. This kind of reminds me of the old saying, We can do this the easy way or the hard way. Beloved, I would much rather be working with God than against Him. Wouldn't you? 
Comment on the show notes page at lifespringmedia.com slash S12E84. Or write to me at steve at lifespringmedia.com or comment at comment.lifespringmedia.com. 1 Samuel 6-10 through 10 is our reading tomorrow. I got a boostogram this morning from Sean in San Pedro. He said, I'm way behind, but happy anniversary. And he sent a palindrome boostogram of 1771, sent using the Fountain app. Sean, thank you very much. And I got an email from a long, long, long time friend of LifeSpring Media. This is John. He says, hi, Steve. I finally signed up for your newsletter. Well, John, what took you so long? Thanks again for your show, he continues, and all you're doing to proclaim his name. I really enjoyed the walk through time you did a few shows back. It reminded me of your past shows. Okay, now listen, this is how far back John goes. He said, I remember downloading them on dial-up and burning them to CD to listen on the road. It's so much easier today with podcast apps on phones, and yes, it sure is. Yeah, I remember those days myself. I used to uh, burn CDs of the LifeSpring podcast and hand them out to people to uh, get them to listen to the show. Yep, I remember those days. Anyway, John continues. He said, keep up the great work. Blessings. Well, thank you, John. And he says, my wife and kids and I did some songs on YouTube for COVID services early in the pandemic. They're not professional recordings in any way, but if you wanted music for a show, you're welcome to use them. I don't know about copyright rules or any of those things. And then he sent a prayer request as well. Well, I'll tell you what, I had to hunt around a little bit, John, to find you guys because there are more accounts on YouTube with your name than just you and your family. So I had to hunt around a little bit, but my goodness, you've got a good-looking family. I haven't had a chance to listen much to the music, but I will do that. And thank you for the offer. I appreciate that. That's very good. And uh, John did send a prayer request, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Anyway, guys, thank you so much. It's great to hear from you guys. This date in church history. November 22, 1963 was kind of a sad day. That's the day C.S. Lewis passed away. Of course, he was an English literary scholar, novelist, critic, and Christian apologist. Well known for authoring the Chronicles of Narnia, he also wrote other Christian classics, including the Screwtape Letters, which is a great read. You should read that if you haven't. The Great Divorce, which is a great read. You should read that if you haven't. Miracles, which is, yeah, you heard it. And Mere Christianity, which is a great apologetics book. Prayer Request. Actually, we have prayer requests from both Sean and San Pedro and John. Sean and San Pedro says, Our family has been dealing with a round of COVID-19. So far, my wife and I have gotten over it after two weeks. My sister-in-law and her husband are fighting it now. My mother-in-law was able to recover with the help of Regeneron. However, our big concern is my father-in-law, Howie. COVID-19 sent him to the hospital, and he's having a rough time with it. He's not on a ventilator, but he is heavily relying on the other oxygen sources. Please pray for Howie in Phoenix to be healed. Short of that, we want him to stay off of the ventilator, and we would love a way to have at least one person from the family be able to visit him. The hospital won't let us in due to the COVID-19 policies. And then John's prayer request. Our current, since the pandemic started, our current church has grown quickly during these times by being true to the word and staying open. Yes. We've outgrown our building, praise the Lord, so pray that God will provide a suitable location to meet in, rent, buy, trade, something within our means 
as a small church. So we've got this pandemic affecting both prayer requests today. So yeah, we need to pray that this thing gets beat here quickly. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for who you are. We praise you for your holiness, your mercy, and your grace, for all the things you've shown us about yourself and for those that are beyond our capacity to understand. Lord, I pray right now for Sean's family. Thank you that he and his wife and his mother-in-law were able to get over COVID, and I pray for those that are struggling with it even now, his sister-in-law and her husband and Sean's father-in-law, Howie. I pray, God, that you would bring healing. Let the doctors give effective treatment, Lord. Work it out so that a family member will be able to visit Howie in the hospital despite the COVID policies. It's so hard to have to be separated because of these policies. Please, Lord, we ask that you would work a miracle here. And we thank you that John's church is growing so much, Lord. We praise you that more people are coming into the kingdom there. Help them to find a facility where they'll fit and have room for more growth. Give the leaders of the church wisdom as they look for a place and lead them to just the right home for their congregation. And we pray, Lord, for this whole COVID-19 pandemic, Lord, that you would just intervene and get control of this whole situation. We need you here on planet Earth, Lord, and we pray, God, that uh, you would have your way. And right now, I thank you for the LifeSpring family, Lord. I pray that you would bless them. I pray for the needs and rejoice for the praises. You are a great and loving God, and I pray that you would bless each one listening right now. Give them peace. Give them joy. Give them a grateful heart. And we will thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, you can send your prayer requests in at prayer.lifespringmedia.com. Beloved, the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible literally cannot go on if you don't help support it. And by you, I'm not speaking a general you as in a group. I'm speaking a specific you as in you. When I say I need your help, that is not hyperbole. Without your support, it becomes really difficult to do the show as it is currently structured. Your church can't keep the doors open if people don't support the work. Your place of employment can't stay in business if they don't bring in a certain amount of income. Same thing here. I love doing the show, but if the support isn't there, so please go on over to lifespringmedia.com support. Pray about it and then do as God leads you. That's all I ask. And that'll do it for today. Until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. Thank you for being here. I enjoy our time together. I'm Steve Webb. Bye.